0: just when you thought it was safe to go on to iTunes. This is Next Level Guy. The only website that makes self-development as fun as going to the movies. It's time to take the red pill and escape the matrix.
1: What's happening guys, it's time for another episode of the Next Level Guy Show Podcast with your favourite adductor, Ian Dawson-McKay. Next Level Guy is the go tos men's interview, interest and improvement based website where I quiz the experts to find out the hacks, tips, protocols and methods that you can implement in your own life to live happier, healthier, wealthier, sexier and so much more. And today's guest is Brian Kane. Brian is the creator of the Mental Performance Mastery Coaching Certification Course. He's an international best-selling author, speaker, coach and consultant. He's widely regarded as the foremost authority on mental performance mastery. He's worked with Fortune 500 companies, executives and organisations, as well as coaches, athletes and teams at the Olympic level, in the National Football League, that's NFL, National Hockey League, NHL, Ultimate Fighting Championships, the UFC and in the Professional Golf Association, the PGA and Major League Baseball, MLB. Brian has taught his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery system on stages all over the world to audiences and is highly sought after for his energetic, empowering and engaging educational training systems. Brian separates himself from the competition by providing a system and not just a speech. And in this interview, we discuss his story, mental conditioning, peak performance, how to eliminate the mental blocks stopping you from becoming elite and how to train to become your best. I particularly love chatting to Brian. Because poor mental performance is something I struggled with after being bullied at primary school. attended to self-sabotage and hide in the shadows. My confidence was poor, but after listening to some of Brian's material, I felt I finally found an approach that would work and became a massive fan. And I know you will too. His system is more than just feel-good soundbites, And they actually work. And I'm actually seeing success from following his teaching. And after listening to this episode, I know you will be on your way too. And now, let's get to the episode. Thank you so much for coming on. I've been a big fan since I found your site. Um, For those who maybe don't know you and don't recognize the name, could you just give a little bit of an introduction to who you are and why you're so well-known in the fitness industry?
0: Sure, yeah. My name is Brian Kane, and I'm a mental performance mastery coach. And people may be more familiar with the field of mental performance mastery, let's say, by another name. They might call it applied sports psychology. They maybe would call it peak performance coaching or mental conditioning. And the reason why we call it mental performance mastery is to be, have a clear, distinct separation from the sports psychology world where you can go down one of three paths. And one of those three paths, you have the clinical sports psychology where you're working with athletes and active people around eating disorders, drug, alcohol issues, depression, anxiety, your classic clinical psychology issues. That's not what I do. And then you also have the research sports psychology, which is the professor who gives you a survey, writes a report, but maybe it never is in the trenches with coaches and athletes experiencing the failures, the many failures and the few successes that mm-hmm. come with that. Right. And then they have the third piece, which would be applied sports psychology, which is essentially teaching coaches and athletes the skills that they need to perform at their best on a most consistent basis. So the reason why I've been successful can simply be traced back to my training. And I think as all performers, you never rise to the occasion. You're always, always going to sink to your training. And my training happened to be at Cal State Fullerton underneath the great Ken Revisa, who I think is when he passed away in 2018. the New York Times headline was the godfather of sports psychology, Ken Revisa. So he's a pioneer, one of the founding fathers, one of the first people really have a, a full-time place and face in professional sports here in the States when it comes to mental performance coaching. And, and he was so graceful that, and grateful. I'm so grateful for, that. He took me under his wing for two years as a student and an apprentice. And I got to see him on a daily basis, work with coach athletes and teams and, and coach the mental game. And what I've found in the 20 years since leaving the program and doing the work about 250, 280 days a year on the road, working with coaches, athletes, teams and, and sports programs, is that there are 10 trainable skills that if you train these 10 skills, you will give yourself the best chance for success in anything that requires an element of mental performance. And Ian, there's something in anything that you do, whether you're playing soccer, whether you're a heart surgeon, there is a mental performance element to what you're doing. And those 10, what I call pillars of mental performance mastery, I'd love to review and just kind of let the audience know, Hey, here's the 10 skills they want to develop. And they're all working on these already. It just becomes a question of whether they're working on them intentionally or accidentally. And as we know, growth doesn't happen by accident, not the type of growth that we're looking for. It happens by intention. So the 10 skills, pillar number one, or what I would call skill number one, is that of an elite mindset. Skill two is motivation and commitment. Skill three is focus and awareness. Skill four is self-control and discipline. Skill five is keeping the process over the outcome. Skill six is meditation and mental imagery. Skill seven would be routines and habits of excellence. Skill eight is time management and organization. Skill nine is leadership. And 10 is the right culture. And I think if I were to trace back any success that I've had, whether it's with the five UFC world champions or, you know, Olympic medalists, two Young award winners is the best pitcher in baseball, 900 professional sports draft picks is I've been very very blessed to have learned a system from the best there has ever been in Ken Revisa and been able to refine that system and sharpen that system and be able to get with really good athletes and coaches already and give them just a little bit of a slight edge which at the highest level a slight edge is the difference maker it is the missing link between winning and losing between being great and just being good
1: cuz that's definitely why I wanted you to be on cuz Every time I heard your name mentioned, it was always he took me to that next level. He took that extra out of me that made me from an average to a great, you know, to an elite, from an average to an elite person. So how can you start working with somebody? I mean, these principles seem very much, you know, focused that you could apply them to a job, you could apply them to pretty much anything else. You know, they're transferable. But how do you work with somebody to actually get them believing that they can go from average to elite? You know, go how can they go from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset that they are capable? to do this because a lot of times we fight with the bit between our ears and that defeats us before we even get onto the, you know, like onto the battlefield, shall we say. So how do you work with somebody to make them believe they're capable?
0: Well, I take it right back to one of my favorite authors, Stephen Covey, in his book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he says, begin with the end in mind. So the first thing I try to do is show the person I'm working with an example of someone similar to a situation that they were in, who now is in a position that they want to be in. So if it's an athlete, let's say who's injured and they're looking at this long road to a reconstructive ACL surgery, and am I gonna come back and be the athlete I wanna be? I will give them examples of athletes who have overcome the same injury and gone through the same process to get back to where they want to be. And many times, if I know an athlete that's gone through it, I'll make that connection. I'll make that and make that personal introduction because look, success leaves clues. And once you identify a process that's worked for someone else, if you follow a similar process, it's like a recipe. It's usually going to work for you too if you follow the same steps. So when you understand what I call the four stages of buy-in, stage one is it's met with resistance and they say, well, this, this isn't for me. Hmm. Stage two is they say, oh, well, okay, that can be okay for others. Stage three, is they'll say, I'll try it in stage four is I can't believe I did it any other way. So a lot of times if I meet someone and I quickly identify that they're at stage one going, this ain't for me, man, this mental performance coaching, this ain't for me. I will just continue to put examples in front of them of people who are, are in a better position than they are, who are achieving more results and success than they are in the same field and, and then show them examples of, Athletes, let's say it's a basketball player. I'll show examples of LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, college basketball players who you'll never have maybe even heard of, but are having a lot more success than maybe this current client. And I'll show them examples saying, look, this is, this is what champions do. This is what elite people are doing and it works for them and it will work for you if you try it. And then I have to give them a very specific protocol to trial or to try it's no different than a strength coach i can sit there and say hey look at this program that conor mcgregor does or that michael bisbing does or these great mma world champions like george st pierre does i can say well here's the program that they do and the athlete can go wow that's okay for others now i want to try it but then i have to give them exactly the program to try and when they have the program to try and they do it and they see results they'll look back and say i can't believe i did it any other way
1: because you've talked, um, something I was really interested in t- chatting about was you've mentioned how confidence is a choice. So how do we develop that? How do we start f- finding the confidence in our own abilities? You know, maybe we've always been the the player that's on the side or the 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 you know the guy that just makes up the numbers. But say somebody you work with somebody and you start thinking, okay, this is maybe for me. You know, you've showed me somebody that's good. How do we then get confidence in our own abilities to start? chipping away to get to that last stage where, you know, that's all we've ever done is that program that you've given them.
0: Yeah. I think when you're looking at confidence, people make the confusion and they think that confidence is a feeling. People are always asking, Hey, do you feel confident? And I've been around high performers, including George St. Pierre, including Rich Franklin, UFC world champions, including Olympic medalists who would tell you flat out, they had self doubt. They had nervous energy. They had a little bit of fear going into those contests and they still produced at a high level and won and were world champions. And the reason why is they had something to go to. They had understood that confidence is not a feeling. Confidence is a state. What I mean by a state is your body language, your focus, and your self-talk. Those three things can dramatically change how you feel. And what people who have what I would call an underdeveloped mindset or an average mindset is they allow their feelings to dictate their actions. And people who are elite, the best performers, they realize that their actions will influence their feeling and that it's the start that stops most people. So they realize, as Mike Tyson has said, as George St. Pierre has said, as Conor McGregor has said, that when they're walking to the cage, if you, or they're walking to the ring, if you look at how they walk, it's an act. And Amy Cuddy, a social psychologist, researcher, and professor at Harvard, in her book, Present, who has a TED Talk seen by over 50 million people, she she has gone on to scientifically prove that fake it till you make it is actually fake it until you become it, that your body language shapes who you are. So with the clients that I have, we practice body language, call it two words, get big. Get big with your body language. Walk around like you're 10 feet tall and bulletproof. And I'll have my clients even know, hey, when you're walking from your desk to the bathroom, walk big. When you're walking out to the car, walk big. When you're walking through the dining hall, walk big. When we talk about focus, it has to be on what you can control versus what you can't control. Because when you're focused on things you can't control, it's wasted time, wasted energy, and wasted effort. So I make them make a list of what they can control and then next to it, what they can't control. And then we choose to intentionally Spend all of our time, effort, and energy on the things that we can control. And because we can control it, that feeds confidence. And then with the self-talk, we create what are called anchor statements. And anchor statements are no different than if you're a ship and you're out in the water and the waves come rolling in and the storm's coming in. What does a ship do when a storm's coming in? If it wants to hold its ground, it drops an anchor. And an anchor statement is something like when George would be walking to the cage, you might say, this is my house. I love this. Even though he's nervous on the inside and the energy, you know, is why am I doing this? You know, he changes it. He doesn't listen to himself. He talks to himself. That's a huge difference. Don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself. And, you know, Ian, I think one of the things I'm proud about is I put this stuff into play myself. I was 240 pounds about five, six years ago. And I I weighed in today at 180 pounds. I couldn't run two miles. And I just, this past June of 2019, did my first ultra marathon, hundred mile race. And in that 100-mile race, it took 29 and a half hours. I used every strategy, every tool that we're going to talk about or that I've probably ever taught to get me to that finish line. And one of them was exactly this. Confidence is something you do, not something you get. It is your body language. Eyes are up, look at the horizon. It's your focus. One step at a time, get to that light pole or get to that fire hydrant as I was running. And then the self-talk, you got this next step, you know... Um, some other things I throw in there, probably with some expletives, that I won't share on your podcast. But you know, other things. Like, <laughs> oh, go I, mean, I would say to myself like, let's go, motherfucker, let's go. You know, and I would say those things to myself in a, in in a in a in a voice that was like, don't show weakness, man. Don't take shit from yourself, and just keep plowing forward and move forward. Because if you want to be an animal, you got to do what animals do. And what animals do, they don't care how they feel. They push, they go, and they understand that confidence does zero impact on how you're going to perform. Your focus has an impact on how you're going to perform. How you talk to yourself is going to have an impact on how you perform. I'm not going to sit around and wait until I get a feeling of confidence. That ship has sailed. I'm going to generate confidence by being productive. I'm going to generate confidence by being prepared. I didn't just show up to the start line on this 100-mile race and go, oh, let's go see if I can do this. That would have been idiotic. Hmm. I would have ended up in a hospital. I was prepared and I was productive. And productive means you have a list of what you're going to do that day and you get it done. Sorry about blowing it up here. Oh, no, I love that. Because that's
1: like, usually when you hear this sort of stuff, it's the same generic stuff. But what I love about your stuff was, you actually said things that made sense. Like the, the bar about, can you drive across the country in the dark? Yes. You know, can you see the whole journey? No, but you use your headlights to see the 200 feet in front of you. You know, it's like go to the next pitch. You focus on the next pitch, the next pitch. I love how you look at it in such easy-to-understand, manageable steps. Could you go into a little bit about that? Because you you talk about, like, using, was it 200 feet, using your headlights and stuff. How do we then start breaking down the practice? How do we break down our focus is, you know, and forget all the other BS that's happening, all the other bullshit that's holding us back. Yeah. How do we learn to focus on that goal, that thing that you want us to smash? Yeah,
0: I feel better about myself now that you said bullshit. So thank you for doing that. But I never know. Oh, hell, swear never... sweet. <laughs> <straight away. laughs> I don't, I don't to. give you permission. <laughs> I don't cut it loose. I keep my, I keep my uh, you know, I keep, keep, my, keep myself in control. But the, um, you know, when you're talking about the next 200 feet, right? So the mindset of like, people, people have been fucking lied to their whole life where they say, Oh, keep your eyes on the prize. Bullshit. You keep your eyes on the prize. You're going to, you're going to trip over yourself in the next moment. So you have to know what the prize is. Meaning you have to know what the outcome is that you want. If you don't know what the outcome is that you want, you're not going on a journey. You're just going for a walk, right? Because there's no finish line. And as human beings, we love targets. We love finish lines. We're goal seeking machines. And when we have that finish line, and the finish line may simply be the best version of myself, or the finish line may be, you know, run a sub four hour marathon, the finish line may be whatever, Okay. But when you have that finish line, what do we then do? We then go and reverse engineer a process that I can execute on on a daily basis to get me to where I want to go. I call Ian having telescope and microscope goals. Telescope goal is where do I want to go in the future? And I'm not going to get all into, well, the future is seven days away or 21 days away. Like bullshit. This future is whatever you the hell determine the future is. Okay. Then the microscope goal is what are you doing today to help you get one step closer to where you want to go? And if you take that step and you get closer to where you want to go, we call that progress. And if you're making progress and you're being productive, you're going to have more confidence in yourself because you're getting shit done. So when we're talking about a mindset of cutting away all the fat and getting right to it, you have to understand this. The most important day in your life and the most important day in your career is today. Why? Because it's the only day that you can influence. Yesterday's history, tomorrow's a mystery. Today's the damn gift you've been given. That's what we call it, the present. So you gotta be where your feet are, you gotta have a plan for the day, and you gotta wake up, and when your feet hit the ground, you gotta attack the day. That's why my motto is dominate the day. Dominate the day doesn't mean I get my results all the time. Dominate the day doesn't mean I'm better than anyone else. Dominate the day means I have a plan. I wake up and I execute that plan. And sometimes my plan is do nothing. Hang out with your wife do nothing, watch TV all day, right? Like I don't have a lot of those days. I don't like those. I mean, I love hanging out with my wife. I don't like sitting around watching TV, but I like to, I, I force myself to go on what I call a 90 day getaway. Every 90 days, my wife and I go away, we go somewhere and we just unplug, no technology, digital detox, no phone, no laptop. And we just be, cause I know that if I don't schedule that, I'll never do it. So I schedule it. And when I get done with it, I'm always coming back in and I wouldn't say I'm re-energized because I try not to let myself ever not be energized. So I don't need to get re-energized. If you be energized, we'll talk about how to do that and make that a lifestyle. But I just go and I say, okay, I'm going to press pause right now on serving other people and I'm just going to take care of myself. And I do that and whether it's 24 hours, 48 hours, maybe a week, when I come back, it's like, I'm just excited to get going again because- I think if you're going to have maximum energy and energy is what we're all looking for, man. And if you're going to have maximum energy, a couple things come into play. I'll share two concepts with you. Concept one is called the four fundamentals of optimal living. Hell, let me share three concepts with you. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm coming at it right now. So here's concept number one, four fundamentals of optimal living. If you don't have these dialed in, you are not going to perform at your best. And it doesn't matter if you're a professional athlete or you're an agent of professional athletes, or you're just someone who happened to be landing on this podcast because you picked the wrong one and you happen to join us right here at about the 17 minute mark. Here's the four fundamentals of optimal living. One, sleep. Two, how you eat. Three, movement. Four, mindset. So if you don't have a process and haven't tightened up how you sleep, how you eat, how you move your body, in your mindset, what you feed yourself, then you're going to fall short of your goals. So when we're talking about feeding yourself, let's talk about now an elite mindset, what I call 10 characteristics of an elite mindset. Okay. So the 10 characteristics of an elite mindset that I try to develop in those who I'm working with, number one is never show weakness, meaning never show your ass never have bad body language, and don't commit BCD. Don't blame other people for the results you're not getting. Don't complain about your situation, including COVID-19, and don't get defensive. Accept constructive criticism and coaching as a compliment to people saying, hey, thanks enough about caring about me to give me feedback. So that's number one, never show, we- never show weakness. Number two, don't feel sorry for yourself. If you're feeling sorry for yourself, get outside of yourself and go serve somebody else. Feeling sorry for yourself is a worthless, pointless emotion. Number three, stay patient in the face of adversity. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that we make is that when times get hard, we become emotional and emotion clouds reality. We have to stay what I call neutral. And if you take a coin and you hold it up in front of most people and say, Hey, how many sides of a coin are there? Most people will say, well, two heads and tails. Well, there's actually a third. And if you take that coin in and you stand it on its side, we call that the rim. So it's like there's positive, there's negative, and there's neutral. Another word for neutral is stoic. And you want to practice neutrality, practice stoic by meaning be in control of yourself so you can control your performance. Because you got to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And if too many people that get too high positive, too low negative. Just find that happy medium ground in control of yourself. Okay, number four is understanding the only easy day was yesterday. Like it doesn't end. So don't wish today be better than yesterday. Know that yesterday was the only easy day. If you're truly trying to pursue greatness and become the best version of yourself, it just gets harder, not easier. And like that, like that challenge, learn to love that challenge. Number five, it pays to be a winner. What does it mean to win? W I N is an acronym for what's important now. So stay where your feet are, stay locked in on the task at hand because your focus determines your future. So the better your focus the better your performance because you're just not going to get distracted. Number six, there is no finish line. If you're running to excellence, there is no finish line. So once you get to the finish line of one race, the next race begins. So if you don't get to the finish line first, don't overreact just figure out what the next race is and keep racing and keep working on yourself to be better today than you were yesterday and better tomorrow than you were today. Number seven, is that we don't rise to the occasion. We sink to our habits. So make sure you have elite daily habits and elite processes in place. Number eight is (laughs) not dead. Can't quit. One of my friends who was a Navy SEAL used to say to me all the time, his motto, his anchor statement, right? As I talked about mine earlier in that hundred mile race, his anchor statement going through hell week was not dead. Can't quit. And he said he had another one called, he just said more Anytime somebody would quit, he'd say more. The colder it got, he would say more. The harder it got, he would say more. The cramps he got in his entire body, he would say more. As you know, Hell Week is 148 straight hours of training and conditioning that they put United States Navy SEALs through to try to get most of them to quit, right? So he would just say not dead, can't quit, give me more. So that was a mantra that I borrowed from him and I would use during that hundred mile race or other, you know, ultra endurance stuff that I do. And then number nine is adversity is your advantage you can learn a lot from adversity. And then number 10 is having a, what I call a one word focus And your one word focus, similar to an anchor statement is that when things go wrong or things get hard, what do you say? And my mentor, Ken Revisa, who we've mentioned earlier would always say beautiful. Like you'd be, you'd be like, playing on a soccer team and you give up two goals in the first five minutes of the game. And he'd say, beautiful down two nil. Beautiful. How are we going to respond? you'd come back and say, Ken, I got a 50 on this exam. I can't believe I failed. Beautiful. What'd you learn from the failure? You know, or I got a hundred on this exam. Beautiful. What'd you do to get the hundred? Everything that he said, everything you brought to him, he would just say, beautiful. Then he would come back at you with a question. So I thought, I think those 10 principles of mindset, I know we went through them fast. So hopefully your listeners are able to come back through it and write those down if you can just learn to apply those 10 principles if that's what you take off this podcast apply those 10 principles to your mindset and you will be able to do anything you want i love that
1: because that's one of my favorite quotes um i can't remember exactly who said it was instead of setting goals and deadlines set procedures set you know policies that actually get you to do things routinely that make the habits that make success so what kind of things would you expect the elite performers to be doing daily? You know, are we generally meditating? Is it getting up early? Is it like going for a run in the morning? You know, what kind of habits do you want to instill in like elite performers?
0: Well, I think, you know, I would not necessarily say wake up early. One of my, one of my clients, Rich Franklin, always gives me shit because I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in the 5 a.m. club. And the reason why I'm a believer in the 5 a.m. club is if I don't get up at 5 a.m., by the time 7 a.m. rolls around, I'm, I'm getting pulled at by other people. Well, as a professional athlete, shit, you don't need to get up at 7 a.m. You can get up at noon. doesn't matter. You, you control your schedule. Your whole life is dictated around your training. I don't have that luxury. So I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's wake up early. I would say it's this, and it goes back to our four fundamentals. It's you have a sleep routine where you're getting nine hours and 15 minutes plus to maximize recovery. You have a movement routine and a coach where you're exercising every day. You take no days off. That doesn't mean you kill yourself, but you may have days of recovery and movement, but you're breaking a sweat every day and you're moving every day. They have nutrition plans. They're really tight with their nutrition and they don't live in the land of generality. Like saying, I'm going to eat clean. Like what the fuck does that mean? Okay. I'm going to have a macro nutrition plan. I know exactly the amount of calories, the exactly amount of fat, carb and protein grams that I'm bringing into my system that are going to fuel me based off of the workouts that I'm doing to give me the best chance for success. Be specific. That's the one thing elite, elite athletes do that are trained is they're specific with, with what they're doing in their processes. And then the last piece of that is their mindset, right? They understand that mindset is not fixed. It's growth. And with a growth mindset, You're really, really specific with what you do and what you don't do. And, you know, NFL quarterback, Tom Brady, who was with the Patriots and you know recently traded to the Buccaneers. I had the privilege to to hear him talk one time and he said, look, if you want to, if you want to be a professional athlete, just find out what works for you. Do more good, do less bad, and you'll have a great career. And I'm like, here's one of the greatest athletes of all time. And he just made it sound so damn simple is do more good do less bad and you'll have a great career. So one of the characteristics of elite performers is constant reflection, reflection on their behavior, reflection on who they're associating with reflection on what they're doing and not doing. And is it helping them get closer to where they want to be? And because if you don't reflect, you know, and you're a professional athlete, you're going to fucking blank and your career's over. It goes by that fast. So when we talk about reflection and daily habits, And what the characteristics of the elite are, it's, it's, they understand what I call the four-step goal formula. And the four-step goal formula is this step one, they set, you set your intention. They know exactly what they want and exactly what they need to do to get to where they want, or at least to give them the best chance for success. Step two, they schedule it. They schedule when they're going to take the massive action they need to take to close the gap from where they are to where they want to be. And they have a tight schedule of what they're going to do every day. When I meet athletes or people and I'm like, hey, tell me about your daily schedule. And they're like, well, you know, I just kind of, I'm already like, get me the hell out of here. This person's average, not elite. And what I mean by that is people who are elite value their time more than anything because they realize the only thing that you have that's the same as everyone else in the competition is time. And if you're not a savage and a master of your time, you're going to lose to people who are because over the marathon of athletic competition in your career, the talent level is very similar. I mean, don't tell me that Michael Bisping has got more talent than every other guy who weighed 185 pounds in the world. Bullshit. What Michael Bisping had was specific training and specific process that allowed him to maximize his talent and his abilities over the course of his career. He's not the best athlete in the UFC. How do you measure athletic ability, reaction time, speed, power, strength, cardio? He was good at those things. Don't get me wrong. Good enough to be one of the best in the world, but he wasn't the best at those things. He just had a process that allowed him to be his best. And then, so step one is intention. Step two is schedule it. Step three is they measure it. They measure their progress. It's the difference in between if I'm going to the gym, right? If I go to the gym and I just walk in there and go, well, let me see what I'm going to do today. I call that exercise. If I go to the gym and I have a specific training program where I know the number of sets, the number of reps, the heart rate zone I need to be in, and how this aligns with what my conditioning level is at and where it needs to be, we call that conditioning. Conditioning is there's a measurement. Exercise is I just go and move. And exercise is great, but not if you're a professional athlete. If you're a professional athlete, you need to condition. And so they have a specific measurement that they're tracking. And then the fourth step is they reflect and refocus. So set your intention, schedule when you're going to do it, measure your progress, and then reflect and refocus. And when we reflect and refocus, I ask athletes to go through what I call the well, better how analysis and ask themselves, okay, this week, what did I do well? What do I want to do better moving forward? How am I going to do it? And every time I would work with a let's say it's a it's a it's uh, an athlete who performs once once a week, football player, golfer. When their performance gets done, I'd say, okay, well, let's take a look and say, what'd you do well? What do you want to do better? How are you going to do it? And if I'm working with a professional golfer, we may even break it down into specific categories like a well-better how for putting, a well-better how for their irons, a well-better how off the tee, a well-better how in their mental game, a well-better how in their course management, you know, a well-better how in like between their rounds, because they're only gonna play golf for let's call it six hours a day. Well, They got another 18 hours in their day that can either positively or negatively affect how they play the next day in that six hour round based off of what they do. So we'll often do a well better how analysis on each of those aspects of their performance. Sometimes they do it after a tournament. Sometimes they do it every day. It just kind of depends on the individual and where they're at.
1: Well, now to a perfect time to take a quick break. I just want to tell you about my affiliates page. If you go to www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, that's www.nextlevelguy.com forward slash affiliates, you'll be able to explore the product and services I recommend that will transform and improve and evolve your life. I've set up some awesome deals with some amazing companies and will be able to recommend those products, books, tools, gizmos, etc. that I think you should buy. I will only recommend products that I've tried or believe in, and all reviews and recommendations are 100% honest. I will outline if I got a free product in the review. Furthermore, on this page, you'll find any special discount codes, listener-exclusive deals and discount codes that I'm sent. There really is something for everyone here. It doesn't matter if you're buying for yourself, a special occasion, or for someone else. You can find whatever you need here. There's a wide range of companies showcased on the page. Companies that make you a better athlete, a better lover, a better man in all areas of your life. Basically, you can access the page by going to slash affiliates Please note that I do not receive any information on what you purchase, who you are, or anything like that. The company sends me a small thank you commission for sending you to shop with them using my links. This does not inflate the price you pay, and it usually allows me to help showcase cheaper options than if you bought directly. As affiliates are allowed into special deals, listener um, exclusives, and lower prices. All your information is safe and secure with the company, and nothing is shared with me. If you use ML links, I just want to say a massive thank you for supporting the show and for believing in what I'm doing here, and I really appreciate it. All monies are usually put back into making the show bigger and better for you, and I truly appreciate you as a fan. And now, enough waffle and bullshit from me, let's get back to the show. I hope you're enjoying it. I love that, because I mean, you've kind of answered the next few questions I had, where like, how do we review? How do we do this? How do we do that? But how do we then bounce back from a mistake you know how do we once we've reviewed it and said oh no we could have done better there what's the next stages how you know how do you put that back into the training or you know how do you flick that switch that gets them straight back into training and forgets it you know like makes a yesterday's mistake um yesterday's problem how do we then incorporate mistakes learn from them but also keep getting better without fucking up our confidence
0: yeah. I love that. So we talk about, you know, the more mistakes you make, the closer you're getting to success Though so we want to make as many mistakes as possible. And I always use the analogy of the salesperson who gets told 99 times, but the one time they get told yes, they make a hundred dollars. Okay. So if they're making a hundred dollars and they get told yes, the 99 times they get told no, every time they get told no, that's worth a dollar. So it's actually, they're just getting closer to where they want to be. And the other thing with athletes is understanding, you know, this mentality again of what we talked about with the 10 lessons, uh, of around elite mindset and number nine adversity is your advantage is failure is positive feedback. And the goal is to learn Conor McGregor, one of the best athletes in the world right now, most recognizable people on the planet. His book is called winner learn. And he goes in there and talks about how sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but you better always learn from each performance if you're going to be able to get to the levels you want to get to. So I think too many times athletes focus too much on the outcome. They're what I call, uh, whores to the outcome. And you can't be a whore to the outcome. You got to sell out to the process. And what I mean by that is you got to go all in on the process because the process is the pathway to get you the results. Now results matter. Don't get me wrong. Results matter and you need to win and you need to put out and you need to achieve results. But the only way you're going to get there is if you can identify your process and the bigger your goals, the tighter your process needs to be. And if you can't describe what you're doing as a process, you're going to be inconsistent over time. So, you know, I think that's part of the mindset of of learning from it. But then we always go back into the reflection, like even in a performance where you lose and don't get the results you want, you still go back to what I do. Well, what do I want to do better next time? How am I going to do it? And that how, when you answer that question, is often what dictates and and creates the performance training plan moving forward.
1: So what then, because you've said about, you know, you can only be in control of your performance when you're in control of yourself. When things like fear, exhaustion, nerves, all that kind of, you know, the little demons that play in the back of your mind, when they pop up, you know, before a big performance or before you go on the field, how do you work with somebody to cut that crap out? How to not think about that? Because our body's usually well more capable than we are able to allow it. We just believe we're tired. We believe we're exhausted or we believe we're scared. Where a lot of times we're not. It's what we've tricked ourselves. How then do we go, you know, fuck this bullshit. I'm switching on to my, my elite performance or whatever it is. You know, how can we tackle those kind of emotions or feelings?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first thing is to do is to realize that, you know, fear is a healthy emotion. You realize that self-doubt is normal and realize that the best performers of all time have had fear, have had self-doubt. And for someone to say, Oh, you got to be fearless. Like, fuck that. That doesn't read. That's not real. That doesn't exist. It's not about being fearless. It's being courageous and courageous is I feel the fear. I feel the self-doubt and I say the two magic words, fuck it, and I go anyway. And that's the key, right? The key is understanding the this is how I feel before a key performance. I get nervous, I get a little bit, of, you know, and, and I get self-doubt. I have some fear, and then understanding, well, nervous is really just excitement without the breath. So what we want to do is change, you know, change the statement of I'm nervous to I'm excited. Okay, well, how do I process being excited or nervous? I take a breath. I take a couple deep breaths. And that's where, when you talked about meditation earlier, definitely something athletes want to do, because if they're meditating in a quiet, controlled environment and they go to take the breath in that state before a competition of nervous energy, excitement, whatever you want to call it, they're going to be able to have better impact from that breath. If I never breathe or never meditate in a quiet, controlled environment, and I go to take a breath, in that pressure situation, it's just not going to have the same impact as if I had conditioned that breath through a meditation practice. So that's something that becomes critical. And, you know, I think again, it's talking to yourself, not listening to yourself. When you listen to yourself, you're listening to how you feel. Feelings are not facts. When you talk to yourself, you have those anchor statements. You can talk yourself pretty much into doing anything. So I think those become part of the strategies, but the first is having the self-awareness to recognize where I'm at in performance and recognize where I'm at in this moment and then have something to go to, to get me back in control. And in my mental performance mastery coaches certification in my 30 day athletes program, I talk about at length, uh, the concept of signal lights and there's a great podcast that just came out with. There's an article at Brian where UFC champion, Rich Franklin talks about this. And the concept of signal lights is this. Athletic performance is like driving a car when you're driving a car and you come to a green light, you just go. When you're in an athletic performance and you're calm, you're collected, you're confident, you're big, things are going your way, you're rocking and rolling, performing the way you want. You just go. You don't need any of this stuff we're talking about. You just go, you just drive green light go. And then if you come to a red light, when you're driving a car, you better stop. Same thing in athletics. If you get a red light, bad body language, focus on what I can't control, negative self-talk, you better stop Otherwise, it's just like driving a car where you're going to drive through red lights and you might survive once in a while because we've all done it. But if you make a habit of it, you're going to crash and burn. Yellow lights is in the middle ground. And as an athlete, most of the time you're in yellow lights. It's not going really good, green lights. And it's not going really bad, red lights. It's kind of in between. And that yellow light, when you're driving and you come to it, right, sometimes you speed up and punch it and go through. Sometimes you slow down and you stop. But you take in all this information at one time and it happens really fast. You're looking at, okay, is there traffic coming on the left and right as I'm driving forward? How far am I from the light? Is the ground wet? Is it icy? What's the temperature outside? How far am I from the light? What speed am I going? Is there a cop behind me? And you take all of these factors in, into play and you make a decision and you adjust by either going or stopping. And it's the same thing in athletic performance. You, when you, if you look at your body language focus and self-talk, you have times where you're in green lights and you're going really good. What's your body language focus and self-talk like? When you're in red lights and the shit's hitting the fan and you're not performing the way you want to, what's your body language focus and self-talk like? But then when you're in those yellow lights and you're in middle ground, what is your body language focus and self-talk like? And then how do you get back closer to green? Having something to go to, your breath. Your anchor statement, checking on your body language, having a physical release like Ken Revisa used to talk about flushing a toilet, like clapping your hands, wiping your chest, letting it go, tighten and release, whatever it is. You have something that you go to, that's a key term, have something to go to that allows you to let go of that yellow light and red light and get back to green. But if if you're expecting it to be perfect and you're expecting yourself to feel a certain way and feel confident, you're fucked. Because you can't control how you feel and you can't control all the environments. So the one thing you can control is yourself and you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. And the one thing you can't control is how you feel, but you can control how you respond to how you feel. You can control your body language. You can control your focus. You can control your self-talk. And if you go all in on those three aspects of your state and your performance, typically your feelings are going to follow. But if they don't, so what? Are you that bad? You have to feel good to perform well. Obviously, the answer is no. So focus on the performance, not how you feel.
1: I'm blown away by just how awesome you are. Like your answers are brilliant, and I can see now why people absolutely love you. And I know we're short on time today, so I'd love to have you back on and really go into depths of performance and you know mental capacities and really get into your training and stuff like that. But for everybody who's listening to um just now, what do you want them to take away from this podcast? Because you know, you've given them some amazing uh, acres of diamonds, as you call it. But what do you want to take them from it? You know, what do you want them to, as like, the go-home message before we go through your social media and that?
0: Yeah, the message I want them to take home is you can be, have, and do anything you want with the right time and the right training. So if you got the time, I got the training. I've gone from 240 to 180 myself. I've worked with UFC world champions, Olympic medalists, corporations that have, you know, increased production and it's not complicated. It's a simple process that requires dedication, it requires discipline but in order to in, in order to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, you got to know the process. So You know, I've been very fortunate to work with high level performers and it's not because I'm good. It's not because I've done anything special. I've been in the right place at the right time. I've had the right training and the clients I've worked with have gotten results. And when you get results, that's the best resume you can have. And I wanna help you get the results and close the gap from where you are to where you wanna be by helping you to get present, to identify your process and be productive day to day. So ways to do that would be one, if you go to briankane.com, if you're an athlete, check out my 30 Days to Mental Performance Mastery for Athletes program. If you're a coach and you want to learn how to coach the mental game and those clients or athletes that you're already working with, please go to briancane.com and check out my Mental Performance Mastery Coaches certification. If you're someone who likes to read, go to Amazon, type in Brian Kane. I've authored over 40 books. The two I would suggest would be the 10 Pillars of Mental Performance Mastery and the 1% Intention. And then I'd love to engage with social media, uh, at Brian Kane Peak on Twitter and at Brian Kane Peak on Instagram.
1: Brilliant. I mean, it's I've still got thousands of questions, so we've got a round two at some point soon. I'll send you a link in that when it's ready. But is there anything you know that you would like to cover? Anything that you'd like to promote that's coming up that you think people should check out? In addition to that.
0: Well, for, t- tell me, know, most of the most of your followers and your listeners, what what's what, are they coaches? Are they athletes? What what, what sports are they engaged in? Um,
1: well, I and mean, when I do like Brazilian jiu jitsu, so I have a lot of jiu jitsu guys listening because I interview those. There's a lot of powerlifters who have interviewed. We also look at like business and stuff like that. So there are people you know like football, soccer. There's ones that do martial arts that sort of thing, MMA fighters as well.
0: Perfect. So I think <laughs> fantastic is if they go to Briancane.com and if you're in jujitsu or you're in MMA, you obviously, if you don't, you should know the names. Rich Franklin, who is a UFC Hall of Famer, 185-pound champ, mm-hmm. and George St. Pierre, who is a 170, 185-pound champ. I had the privilege to work with both of those guys in their career. And if you go to Briancane.com and click on articles, I have an article with Rich. I have an article with George where I walk you through a lot of the same things we talked about today, but how they used them in their athletic career how they use them to you know to stay on top let's say uh when they had gotten there because it's one thing to get to the top it's another to stay on top and you know i've got a podcast interview i just did that came out with rich franklin it came out 2 days ago so that's going to be on the article section at BrianKane.com. i've got a i'm doing a podcast interview a week from today with vitor belfort I'm um, doing a podcast interview coming up with George St. Pierre with Cowboy Cerrone. So, you know, with, with the people in the jiu-jitsu and MMA circles that you're running in, those would be for sure interviews for them to listen to. And then I would say, get into the athlete athletes program, you know, in the corporate world, getting into the athletes program, even though it's designed for athletes, I've had a lot of, of. You know, my corporate clients go through it and they're like, oh, this is the same thing. You're just saying athletes instead of saying corporate athletes, or instead of saying people in corporate. But the principles of mindset, motivation and commitment, focus and awareness, self-control and discipline, process over outcome, meditation and imagery, routines and habits of excellence, time management organization, leadership and culture, they transcend into any field and any aspect. So I think if you're in the corporate sector, or let's say you're a soccer, you know, football player checking out those athletes program as well is going to help you to create the strategies to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And obviously with any program that your, your followers and anyone invests in at briancane.com I offer a hundred percent money back guarantee for 90 days. If you get into the program, it doesn't give you the strategies you need to close the gap from where you are to where you want to be. And you get it and you say, this isn't the best fucking thing I've ever bought for my mental game. I'll refund you a hundred percent. That's it for another week. Thanks for listening. Absorb it, practice it, use it. Until next time, keep trying to hit
1: that next level in your life.